And we're live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 87 of Fans of Power. I am Joe Amato, and I'm here with my partner in crime, Tyler T-Rex Baker. What's up, T-Rex? You ready for the show tonight? Episode 87. 87 was a good year. Go ahead, do it. I was waiting. Yeah. So go ahead and hit us yeah. with 87. We got, we got live action E-Man move. We got Predator. We got Robocop. Uh, we got Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. I don't give a damn what people say. I still like that movie. Oh God! You know, just, just saying a few things there. We got one of the greatest well, waves of E-Man toys in 1987, so it's uh, it's a great year, and that's just the tip of the iceberg of some of the great things that came out in 1987. When I think of 87, so that was just kind of my my random uh, foods for thought. Well, but yeah, there were some good ones there. There was there was a definite stinker in there for me, but otherwise, yes, I, I say you're pretty much. As I recall, I don't think you've even seen Superman Four Quest for Peace. Oh right? no, I have. No, I have. I have. That's a woo, It's a hot mess. It got well, it. Of course it is. Once you realize, just you know, as you get it as an adult, you realize, like, dear God, there's, there's mistakes all over the place. But what? When you learn what was going on behind the scenes. You understand why it is the way that it is, and it wasn't just like, oh, well, I think this would be great for the scene. I think this would be great for the film. Let's do this instead of that. No, 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 no. There was a tons of budget constraints for this movie because it was done by canon as well. Not well, to say that it's the best Superman movie of all time, because it certainly isn't. Right. We won't but, mention about, you know, well, budget should have nothing to do with bad writing of having her breathe in space, but whatever. It's still... Uh, but but I, I, I did find... I, I ain't quite sure that that was... That was, I think, written as it was, and I think they just went along with it because bothered by that point. But yes, yes, that is one of many big mistakes in Superman Four. I'm not going to argue that, but it's, <laughs> and it is. I mean, it's like as a child, I, I bought every bit of that. To me, that was that was what a Superman movie should have been because I didn't see the first one for a year, much years later. Right. But I, 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 I bought every bit, of, and as an adult, I'm like, there's some mistakes all over the place. But Mario Hemingway is so hot in the movie. I'm like, she can breathe in space for all I care. It doesn't matter. Exactly. She's hair and stuff like that. Well, she's rocking. So, yeah. She's, she's right. so hot. Yeah, she can breathe in space. All right. Well, as for things that we're going to talk about, uh, we have three different topics. We're going to do some character profiles of two particular people. We're going to do some hypothetical thing. And we're going to do some mystery battles. But I figured, you know what? We usually wait on doing the character profiles for the end, but I'll tell you what, how about we start off with our character profiles right now from the get-go, because I want to get right into them, and that's the Comet Warriors, Stoned Arm Rock On. And first, let me just say, I just said the Comet Warriors or the Rock People, but they're, they're not the Rock Warriors. They're not these guys. These are the Rock Warriors. They have nothing to do with Stoned Arm Rock On. They're not called the Rock Warriors. I call them the Rock Warriors. I call them the Rock People. I call them the Comet Warriors. No, you don't call them the Rock Warriors. They're not. that I choose to. Why? Why would you call them the Rock Warriors when they're never called the Rock Warriors? Because that's what they're called in the commercial that they're advertised in. No, they said the Comet Warriors are coming in that commercial. I almost can guarantee it. I think they said the Comet Warriors. No, 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 no. I'm not not the teaser commercial where it says you know uh, comets come from the skies. You know, Stone All Rocket comes in. No, no, no. I'm talking about the actual commercial where they're depicted fighting Grizzlord. I swear they still transform. I wish there was somebody that could uh, be here with us because I thought they it's even on said YouTube. Look, I'm not. I'm not saying they call them both. No, the same, I'm, the same, I, same scenario here where we were talking, we're, we're arguing over caverns of fear, where you were right and I were right, but we were not aware of it. 
Well, the thing is, I actually think that in that commercial for both of them, they did mention that Comet Warriors have uh, landed or arrived in both in the preview yep. one and in the actual one. I think the actual one where they found Grizzlore. I thought they said the same thing. I could be wrong. but uh, I think if I run the commercial in my head real quick, it's uh... – well, I know the, the narrator calls it rocks you transform. That that's right. They did say that. Yes. All right, you know, because like I said, I guess that's my pet peeve. Almost like how yours, how you always say, I hate when they call the heroic warriors masters of the universe, and I say, Tyler, they called them that in the original mini comics and a lot of the books. You're like, I don't care. They're the heroic warriors, so you have a pet peeve, and I no, got no, 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 because you know damn well that when people are referring to them as mass as the masters, they're taking reference to NYPs. You know, not me. They're not quoting the first four mini comics, and you know that and they're books. Not. In other books, they do it. They've done it in a lot of the old books. So I people that that use that, they're not re referencing or quoting that. They're quoting NYP. We're gonna have to find out who they're referencing. We're gonna have to see which they're referencing because I actually am. When I say Masters of the Universe, I'm actually talking about the old stuff. But maybe the newer people, maybe they are seeing NYP. I well, don't know. Have to be aware too that in, you know at one point it's going to be all of them. At one point it's going to be just the evil warriors. All all the skeletal group are considered master of the universe. It flip flops all over the place. Not to say that everybody's not entitled to that interpretation, but I'm saying the majority of people who used to call them the masters, they're referencing MYP. They're not referencing any of the Vince. Stuff. I'd like to know that. I'd like to have a good just like poll. the same group of douchebags who think it's you know, cute and clever to say that Battle Cat. And Orca would have made the 87 movie great. Well, you never know. I mean, I'd like to do a little poll on that. They'll see what they're referencing. But as for me, with the Comet Warriors, I mean, I'm used to what they were called, like, well, actually on their actual card backs and in some of the comics and the reference of saying Comet Warriors and they're called Rock People. But if people call them Rock Warriors, hey, I can understand too. because just... Rock doesn't bother you as much as Rock Warriors. What's that? It's already called them Rock People, but not Yeah, rock because... Warriors. Yeah, because I've seen them called rock people. Like on the, the mini-comic and in mini-comics, they're referred to as the rock people. So I'm used to that. But we got um, somebody in the live chat, Daniel Maynard. He actually says, I call them rock people or rock, rock warriors. So, hey, that should make you feel good, Tyler. See, there's somebody that does say rock warriors. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sitting there trying to say that it's my way or the highway. That's what you're trying to do right <laughs> now. No, that's I'm saying thing. I'm cool with all of them there. I, I'm, I'm not going to put them in camps and separate them from the rest of the group because they don't refer to them as, you know, rock people. But that's what you do with the Masters of the Universe people. You hate those people. You always throw them into the NYP oh, category. I, I don't put them in I don't put them in camps and separate. No, I just say stay out. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna start off with these guys. So first let me just say the, the toys, I mean, first, yes, I remember the commercials. The, it freaked me out. You love those preview things of when they would show, you know, they, they're coming or they're, they, and then finally when they landed. I don't know the fascination of just how it was so cool just to take. And you think it's, oh, wow, it's so simple. All you're doing is moving them from a rock to a person. But God, it was so cool. It was cool to see a figure kind of transform into a rock and then, you know, playing them out, putting them by Castle Grayskull or Eternia, making them like they're hiding, just like they were in the cartoon. I mean, they're not in the cartoon. Well, yes, eventually cartoon, but I mean like the commercial to where, you know, they're like this, they're talking to Grizzlor and suddenly they pop up. I mean, how cool is it to have a rock, a comet that can attack like that and also be a warrior? I mean, were you introduced to toys first, cartoon first? How did you first get into the comet? I only had Stone Dogs as a kid. I got them my local hills where i got the majority of a lot of my he-man figures was at hills and stone where the toys are yeah hills where the yeah. toys are. hills i, I mean I, I i could you know all three snake men were, were gotten their men at arms cyclone rio blast 
the new adventures of He-Man toys. Hill, Hills is where I got a lot of my He-Man stuff. But I, I never saw Rockon in person uh, until I purchased him. I think from um, Figures Inc., which is a toy store that's no longer in, in existence. I don't think. Maybe it is. Well, I mentioned before, this is a store that was selling a lot of He-Man toys for $20 a piece, which was like Scareglow, Mosquito, or Plant Champ. Rock On was one of them. So I, I ended up getting him, I think, when I was in either eighth grade or early years of high school. Okay. So it was a long time before I came across him. But I, I thought the, I thought Stoner was an awesome toy. I, I, I Plus, that's one of the reasons I, I never really got into Transformers, the toy line. Like, I liked the cartoon, but the toys, I, I felt like I needed a Ph.D., to transform these things. I'm like, I want to get to it. I don't want to sit here and spend a good 15, 20 minutes trying to transform this thing before I can get to the actual battle here. So, Transformer <laughs> fans are, are make, make me feel dumb because they can sit there, do it together. All right, Starstream's ready to go. Okay, he's ready to go. But with Rock on and Stone Art, it's, it's yeah, not that dumb. I compared it, but looking at it, I mean, it, it was, it was it, you didn't feel like it was hard to do. It was just simple. Right. You know, like like the Rock Lords, like the uh, Rock Lords, uh, which was like the spinoff from the GoBots. I thought those were cool because they were easy to transform as well. But I, I, I thought it was a great concept. I, I hate hearing years uh, on the on the internet. A lot of the fan community seems to piss on the on the Rock people, and I don't know why. Like they just label them as like Transformer knockoffs, you know. And I, I'm like, I just like with Snout Spout and Stinkor and and certain characters. I'm like, why do you guys piss on them? Why? I mean. You tell me they they look look bad, you know. Yeah, it was a new, like you said, it was a new original, cool concept for Masters of the Universe. We didn't have anything like that, so I thought it was absolutely fascinating. I mean, sure, like you said, the Transformers fans, yes, theirs were very, you know, like intense in detail. They had a lot of steps to transform. These just bing bing, nice and quick for I guess the gimmick they were trying to come across. And whether they were, let's say, ripping off Transformers or not, it still was cool. I, I don't see how you know nobody could have any fun. Well, time I mean, I mean, it would be kind of foolish to not. You know, look at Transformers back then and see, this is a humongous hit. How can we incorporate this into our toy line that's making money? I mean, it, it, it's it's like you know, it, I I mean, I, I'm like I think it was a good thing. You know, why why would you ignore that? I wouldn't necessarily say that they have to have, you know, some sort of a, a straight up grunt commando in, in, infiltrating you know the He-Man toy line because GI Joe was so popular as well because He-Man was doing quite well regardless of GI Joe. But Transformers being the mega hit that it was, I mean, like, I, I don't take offense to that Mattel couldn't come up with something on their own that was not copying the the, the Transformer craze because you had GoBots, I think, before Transformers, I'm pretty sure. Yes, yes GoBots were before. You know? So a lot of stuff had a Transforming gimmick. So I think for people to just label it as a Transformers knockoff, I'm like, I think trans Transformer toys got people's attention on a grander scale as opposed to like, well, you know, Transformers was not the first, so, but point 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 being that I, I I love the concept. These these two characters are played up as it's like a, a race of people that have uh, that are that are um, landing on Eternia, and uh, I mean why why wouldn't you want you know? And, and plus, it'd be really cool to see an evil rock warrior. It would have been great. You know, I would have loved people. Like, we got a female. We got a female. I'm like, okay, well you have Granada. She's in the cartoon. I'm sure you get a toy of her something. But what about an evil rock warrior? That would have been I'm cool. Interested. No, what yeah, evil evil uh, warrior or evil person from that race? Yeah, because the closest the closest we got was, of course, remember 
the comet warriors stoned on a rock on remember they arrived story-wise with the meteorbs and of course with yeah. the meteorbs we got five heroic five evil so you know of course they weren't in the same scale now that's what's funny is you know i do remember transformers i always sure i wanted to have those toys when i was a kid but we could only afford one toy line so when i got you know the meteorbs those were a little more technical in the way they transformed so i felt like hey i am kind of getting a transformer type thing in masters those felt more transformer like to me than uh stone darn rock on because the meteorbs actually involved steps i mean you needed no i guess i don't know brain power to just take, but, um, well it's, it, it was simplistic because you know the he-man yeah. people that did not need they didn't mattel obviously felt like they needed didn't need to make the transformation so complicated because right. that's what makes it so good you just fold them i mean to me it's genius it's not lazy yeah it just folding the character down makes to it look like a rock yeah yeah it's like okay i think that's that's a stroke of genius you know, and it's it's a it's a great and they're two great characters. You know, Rock On is as you've we've touched before. You know, uh, prior to this, you know that uh, they're kind of they flip flop roles. Where Rock On is sometimes the leader, but I think most people would assume that Stone Dar is the the kind of veteran leader of this race, and Rock On is like the kind of the the, the mentor. Yeah. You know, the hot head of the the quick to jump into battle without thinking kind of type, which is, is a, a typical archetype that you would, uh, archetype that you would um, uh, kind of look at or expect in, the, in a series like this. But, and that's what I would want to stick with more. I mean, out of all the stories of anything, I like it with Stonedark because he obviously looks like he's old or toy-wise, cartoon, comic-wise. Yeah. But I like it as him being the leader. And, you know, like you said, rock on, whether he's being the hothead or just, you know, one of the other warriors. But I don't like... Uh, you know, some of the other stories from, like, I think the newspaper, and I couldn't remember where else, but I know that they had it as Stonedar was his father. Stonedar and then Rockon is his son, and I think even Granada was his daughter, so Rockon and Granada. I was like, I don't like all the related stuff. Why does everybody have, even the rock people all have to be related? That one I didn't flip over. I just like it's a race of rock creatures, warriors, people, and, you know, they don't have to all be related. Just let them all have their own identities, their own roles. Makes it a little more fun. I just, I don't like when everything has to be so personal. Especially you know, why people want, want to quickly go for that like they, if they if they need like a, a shock shock value moment in, in their story make make two of these characters related make make these two you know heroes that are bumping heads all along and as it turns out they're they're really lost brothers i'm like why why do what just so you can they have to rise above their differences here and they're going to join together i'm like no no it's been done to death and I, I don't like. I hate that idea of making them related. I, it, it's, it's like Stonedar needs to be like the the general or the just major representative of this race. And Rockon is, you know, obviously, you know, hot high on the uh, the rank ladder, but obviously not as um, equipped and, and, and as as intelligent as Stonedar. Stonedar's got that very, like you said, a very kind of mature, kind of chiseled face it's it's very i mean they, they did an excellent job of, of drawing looks mature he actually very, looks, yeah he looks older he does whereas rock on has got a very youthful looking rock face it, it was really they did an excellent job on the sculpting on this guy and, and that, yeah not only the face but they played well off of i think that actually their bodies themselves like stonedar has more of the you know kind of like gray kind of granite rough look and then rock on has the smooth kind of rock at least it's smooth and young too you know he's yeah. kind of kind of chrome kind of a 
a feel to him there. But I love he, the looks of them. I love the yeah. looks of the figures. I mean, it was so cool. And then when you finally started getting kind of like origins and then powers and what they explained of what they can do, I loved them in the stories because as you find out, you know, they are a peaceful race of people. I mean, they're peaceful race. They, they're like, you know, they don't want war, but of course they're going to have to fight, you know, to try to help at some point. But you see like how they're, how strong, like maybe their outer shells are. Like when I think it was, I don't know if it was Landshark, when Skeletor was using Landshark or something to shoot at them at one point and they were like deflecting the blast, but then Skeletor yeah. said, now he's going to use his Havoc staff and they're even deflecting that like it's nothing. It's like they have impenetrable kind of like an armor, an outer shell that, that kind of makes cool. It's like, man, you, if these things were wanting to fight you, You'd be in trouble and i think you can see why skeletor evil warriors would want them on their side because they're kind of unstoppable to some level well plus it really builds up the fact that these guys are essentially comets you know like a meteorite almost like they're, they're, they're not like your standard rock that can be easily destroyed by a a, a weapon of skeletors or, or even by e-man or something like that that these guys have got i mean thick cosmic uh armor on them you know, obviously it's probably part of their body too. Because I, I, I don't like the idea of them being able to detach their their rock. I, I mean, to me, like that's part of their body. That's how they are created. That's if you're saying if you're kind of giving. I don't want to see the rock guys running around and digging too deep into this. But I'm just saying, like I like to think of that as like that's that's part of their body. That's how they're made up of. I don't I don't want to see stone on rock on walking around without you know, the rock head piece and the shoulders and the leg piece. I'm like, I want to know that that's them. Like, they probably fold over into rock form. Yeah, that's what you I know? thought. I mean, the same is, thing. I like that as being that, like you said, it's their body. It is it, them. That's what they are. Yeah. And the, the, the rock formation is like a dormant phase. Like when they're traveling through space, they're sleeping or clearly trying to, uh, you know, play up, you know, is a, uh, a sneak attack, so to speak. In the cartoon, they looked kind of more person or human like right because yeah. they yeah they yeah they definitely made it and i when i first saw what i was not not too impressed I, of course it was a lot of hype to finally see if the rock people were like in the shiver cartoon when i finally saw it it was, it was like oh that's dumb. it was awkward it was weird i mean like you said them taking off their rocks would be the equivalent of spike or taking off his chest and saying oh that's just an armor i like to know that spike or has these on him that is his spikes and the thought of if he took off his spikes it's the equivalent of the comic warriors taking off their rocks it just doesn't work for me yeah, it's, it's someone trying to be cute and clever and trying to over-explain these things. I'm like, no, if you're trying to you're trying to be funny or, or, or informative, well, then I just assume that Spiker sleeps on a bed of foam, soft foam or something like that, something that, that he could probably easily remove himself from. And I don't want to see the Rock Wars taking off their gear and they look like a couple of little scrawny, you know, I don't even know how you describe like their interior body. It looks very human-like. It defeats human the purpose like. of who they are, especially if they're going to be yeah, people. Yes, with no, the... Don't do that. You know, I, I don't. I don't. I don't like the idea of you know, Clawful can make his claw larger, bigger, remove it, and he's got a small claw underneath. Or, yeah. Like I said, it defeats their know, whole purpose of any of their gimmicks. They all have the gimmicks for a reason, and for them to, like you said, have things taken away from who they are, it makes them less of who they are. So I don't enjoy any of the thoughts of that. No, but it's it's a it's a faction I would love to see um, explored more. Like I, I don't want to know like a whole lot of details, other than like when you if you were going to bring more of them, have them land on Eternity. Like I already have Stone on Rock on established as like a faction that may come and go from Eternity to their planet, but don't overexplain it because I it's just like like I've said something before. I don't I'd like to have a mystery. 
I'd, I'd rather have discussions about where they come from, you know, and that there is evil on their planet. What does evil on their planet look like? Do they look like, you know, lava rock formations, you know, like, like black rock with like kind of lava streaks inside them, or do they, you know, various, I mean, other types of uh, comet, I mean, just black, black or, uh, you know, I just feel like there's, there's, you know, we need to get his people illustrating some some evil rock people. That that's what we need to see. But no, that would be nice. Yeah, because what we get more of the ranks of the rock warriors. You know, give us a few more, give us a couple more heroes. You know, and then give us a faction of evil rock warriors. Just because I, I think that would be interesting to see what does evil look like on their planet. They come from a planet of comet warriors then it's safe to say that there's some some evil comet warriors. Oh, there has to be. Yeah, I mean, you definitely think that. Especially, you know, I mean, like when you think of Escape from the Slime Pit, and I'm sure in some other mini-comics, I mean, we've seen, like, the female pink one. We've seen the green one. I mean, it would be nice, like you said, to have more of them because I always... Like, I did a custom, not to always go back to my customs, but I remember I had to make a custom of that female pink one. I called her Quartzina because, I mean, she had kind of a pinkish-reddish tone. I had, you know, just a whole gimmick. But I always thought, man, that would be a nice faction to have a bunch of them. Because then you could picture if this peaceful race, when they do have to fight, now let's get into battle and see what they could all do. I mean, you know what's funny is they're a peaceful race, but they sure, like I said, beyond having the indestructible outer shell, which it seems like they pretty much have, they also have, like, when they open up, a blinding light. Remember, they were blinding Modulock and some of the hordes where they couldn't even see. They also, well, they come with a weird gun, one that attaches to their chest, or they can hold it in their hand. So, being peaceful, they still have a weapon, at least least toy-wise. So, they could be ready for battle. And to have a big army of them would be great. I love army building stuff, and just the thought of a lot of Comet Warriors would be pretty cool. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's just kind of like a, a little bit of a character um, development for them said that they're a peaceful race, but obviously, and rock people to the rescue, when they show up, Rock, first thing Rock on says is, you know, what Skeletor up to? I can't wait to get at him. And that shows you right there that, you know, at least in that story, these guys are not, you know, they're not unfamiliar with, with fighting or, or dealing with, or the simple fact that they're aware of Skeletor and that, you know, they have probably have fought him Maybe in another plant when Skelter's off doing one of his space destruction missions or something like that. I got something for you real quick, T-Rex. There's somebody in the chat room. It's third triumvirate. Oh, I'm sorry. I probably screwed that up. Studios. He said, didn't Marlena encounter a meteor shower when she was in her shuttle? He said, would have been cool to learn that they were rock people. He said, my memory might be off on that. But what do you think? It was was an asteroid shower. Well, pretty much. thing but yes that would be kind of cool if there could have been some tie-in with that like maybe some of the evil yeah then maybe a, a like a, a small group of uh of the comet warriors were going in that direction the same thing as marlania like some of them were going to migrate to eternia yeah and land and set up a base like far away from the majority of civilization that most people probably wouldn't even wouldn't even be aware that they were around so that yeah and i i, I like that idea I, I like you know if you're going to tie it in do a fun knock to that because there was an asteroid shower that she was trapped in, which just happened to be maybe some comet warriors that were falling, that were in dormant mode and waiting to kind of coordinate their landing on Eternity and she got caught in it or something like that. Yeah, that would so, have been cool. That, yeah, that would have been kind of cool. Yeah, because I thought they tied some nonsense. I, I'll be honest, I absolutely wiped out all the classic bios out of my mind. I'm just trying to remember. I thought Rio Blast. No, no. Not even gonna address the address that happy horse, you know. Well, add, add a nice word that goes at the end of the word horse. 
<laughs> you knew what I was going to say with Rio Plata. People who listen to this figure out what I'm trying to say with them because I don't want Doug to do more work than he already is doing for us. Right. Got to keep it clean. Got to keep it clean. But no, the Comet yeah. Warriors, like I said, we never got really much of them. And again, another faction that was ignored, you know, when MYP came out. I mean, like, we never got to see them in a cartoon. We never even got to see them in staction form because obviously we didn't get them in figure form for 2000X. Oh, man. And the horsemen made the stacks oh. for them. I mean, I, I, like those two would have been massive. Like they would have been probably the size of Clawful almost. I mean, because you think me uh, like a, a a comet. I mean, you're thinking a big rock. I mean, I. I, I and they I get their liberties. They always get to take their liberties. When they were doing little stations, especially, they put the craziest details, like for Mosquito and Tongue Lasher and Snake Face and all of them. So just like you said, you know that they wouldn't have been the, almost the same height and everything. They would have had different heights, a crazy pose, just crazy details. Oh, it's just... I feel like width-wise, they'd have been wide, wide as Clawful. Because, I mean, Clawful was a power... Or Leech. I mean, those two guys are humongous. I'd like to yeah. see Stone Dog Rock on. It, it, at least in that line, relatively close. I mean, well, the classics version. I mean, they're humongous and they look awesome. Look, look a couple of badasses, and and I, I feel like if, had they been done in staction form, they'd have been as big as Leech or, or Clawful, just you know, width wise. Just because that's what you want to see in, in staction form of those. At least me personally. You know, so, a quick little side rant, just to say something. I mean, we already know that Super Seven obviously is touching the five and a half inch vintage type line. They're doing everything that you can think of. This is still something I think that could be really a cool collector's line if they wanted to really, maybe it could be limited. I'd love to see the Horsemen return to finish off the stactions we didn't get. Because there was so many of them that, remember, we, we you know didn't get a Ninja or we didn't get the Comet Warriors, we didn't get Blast Attack. I mean, there's plenty of them we didn't get, but that's something I would really love. I mean, that's probably still one of my favorite lines are those stactions. They were probably just the most detailed things I've ever seen. I just loved, like I said, that they have such free range to do whatever they want when they made them. That would be a cool spin-off thing. If Super 7 could get with the Horsemen to do that, I'd back it. I don't know about you, but I would love to see them give some of those, you know, in return for Super 7 somehow. Uh, at this point, I'm kind of over the whole I mean, MYP thing, not degrading it or any, or any, by any stretch of the imagination. What I'm saying is that I just, I'm so content with the classic line and then going back and saying, we're going to, you know, release some bitches style figures. I kind of feel like, you know what? I, I really, I, you know, at the time I, I, I was absolutely just, you know, nuts for the staction figures. I mean, I love them more than the actual toy line. I just thought these, these, these things are I'm like, I, I want to see so much more, and you know, at this point, I, I, I mean, it would, it would be awesome. It would. Be. I, I mean, I'd still want. I mean, I still. I don't see myself hoping or requesting, or if I were asked a preference, it probably wouldn't come up. Not to say that I would. It would be absolutely awesome to see it. It's just not something. Um, I'm, I'm going. I've kind of like have past the point of like oh man i really wanted to see jitsu and never got him and i really wanted to see what you know other guys would have looked like in staction form that never i think got i have to though i gotta admit i'd want to I mean, I, the thing is like if i had the choice of them continuing the, the little three and three quarters star wars styles figures or giving us the stations or something i'd love to have the stations if there was an option i just of course all of them are great don't get me wrong but I've always wanted those. I want to say one other thing. Two weeks in a row, I've done this, and I apologize because I usually take it out of the room, 
Eric Amen just mentioned, he said, oh my God, answer the phone and tell the president you are busy and he'll have to wait to consult you on foreign policy advice. I apologize, Eric, because I heard the phone ringing two times in the background and I usually take the phone and just stick it out of the room while I do the podcast. That's my fault. I apologize. Hope it didn't annoy you. Is the president calling about his custom? He's like, now, Joe, I've told you. I, 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 I purchased this back in November. Why haven't you finished my custom? <laughs> exactly. So, no, I do apologize for that. I'm sorry. I did not mean to have that phone ringing during the podcast. I hope it wasn't a distraction. That was my fault. So, uh, I, yeah, I own up to that. It may be a mood killer for a lot of people when they hear that phone going. <laughs> like like they're, they're knee deep in this. They're, they're popping the popcorn or whatever. And ringing. Fun like, food, snacks, and drink. And they hear that phone ring, like, oh, grab it, and just. <laughs> That's it. They said, I'm done. Not listen to the podcast. I'm going to bed. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm done. Forget the podcast. So. Or someone's listening to the gym, they take their phone off and they throw it off to the side. I can't listen to this. You know, if you guys get the phone ringing all the time. That's right. So, well, that was our discussion. Listen to us at, uh, at the gym. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that's our Stone Dar and Rock On discussion. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Now, we're going to transition to something else. We're saving this one thing for last, but right now we have mystery battles. I have two mystery fights. Mystery fights. Okay. Well, I was saying mystery battles because, like, a total of you and I, but mystery Fine. fights. You call it mystery battles. I'll call it mystery fights. All right. All right. All right. Well, I just thought, you know, if we abbreviated, you know, you're saying mystery fights, MF might be a little dirty, and MB, you know, you could do that. We are R rated podcast, Joe. Did you forget that rating? We, 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 we are rated R. R rating proudly on our hearts. All right, well, here we go. We We're going the into the R-rated He-Man podcast, and I'd like to keep it that way. I don't want us to be all 4-H club light and fluffy. All right, well, we're going to go into the mystery fights. And as for the mystery fights, I have a fight involving two people, and so does Tyler. Neither of us know who it's going to be, but I'm going to present mine to him. He's going to tell me who he'd think in the, you know, he'd win, which would win in the fight and why, and then he'll shoot one at me. So I had the choice of the evil horde and the evil warriors. So I'm picking two that I've heard sometimes always matched up against each other. Who do you think would win, Tyler? Grizzlor against Beastman. Pretty much uh, the, the two ferocious savages. Who's your winner and why? What do you think would happen in that fight? Beastman, because I feel like if Beastman was finding himself in a pinch, like like physical strength-wise, he'd call in a couple of animals and, and, over, and just you know, dog pile on Grizzlord. Like, I think in a, from a physical standpoint, I, I could probably see Grizzlord you know, taking down Beastman, but Beastman would exploit his, his power over animals and call in probably the nearest, you know, any, any random creatures to come by, like large snakes, dra oh, yeah, dragons, because that whole idea of he can't, can or cannot control dragons is up for debate. But I, I think he would probably exploit that and win based on that, but if if we're just going, if you're if you're if which our intention for this was putting these two guys on a wrestling ring and say go, you're not giving any weapons, just go. I'm gonna say Grizzlor. So in that aspect, if no no weapons, no other thing, no no, no powers, you're going going skill against skill alone is under the nine said in, in Princess Bride. Um, I'm going to say Grizzlor. Yeah, and see, you know what's funny is, because again, in my head, I was having so many different visions of this fight. Because what got me more into it 
you know, is the depiction of Grizzlor that you see in many comics and even his psychotic looking, as I always say, critter looking card back. He looks nuts. He looks like he would rip you to pieces like his his, you know, claws and his fangs are just so lethal and sharp that it would just shred your skin off like nothing. Well, be, I mean, Beastman, when the Lehman toy line started from like books and, and everything, Beastman looked, looked, I mean, that's why I kind of feel like. It's just I'm saying the horde, the version of Grizzler of, from the cartoon, he took me out of all the other visions of Grizzler because he just, he had this kind of tight, you know, cleaned up kind of fur, if you will. He, he never. Yeah, but his a Grizzler bear hugged He-Man and He-Man struggled to get out of his grip. Beastman has not done that in the filmation card. He has done that with Prince Adam. Prince Adam, yes. But He-Man and Grizzler can physically hold, grab a hold of He-Man and hold on to him for a lengthy amount of time. Oh, that that is something. But it's just again the look. Sometimes the look took me out of it. He never seemed intimidating. But if there was to be battles, like you said, and I'm seeing the savage-looking Grizzler, the furry, the nasty, the psychotic, I can envision that one just being a beast, like he's almost unstoppable when he's coming at Beastman or shred him to pieces. Then I wondered, well, if Beastman would he be able to use any a bit of his mind control on Grizzlor? Would be Grizzlor have too much animal, or is he still enough of way of human thinking? Because you wonder how much. Well, if that's the case. Then that if, if you're going by the logic that he, he could control many faces because of monster mode, then he probably well know that he'd be controlling anybody he wants, and that kind of defeats the purpose. I think that's you're he's Jeez. controlling animals. He's not controlling people who clearly have a human-like brain. You know, he's controlling animals and priests and beaches that can't can't talk. They they don't uh, they 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 live on instinct and, and so probably no. I, I couldn't see him. Which I think with the whole thing with Manny faces like that was just a fun part of the story. Whereas if that were the case, he would be able to control Merman. He he could control uh, Stinkor because he's a skunk. He he could control you know Grizzlor and Leech and probably Mantana. You know it's he could control Panthor. You know, if that were the case, but you know, I, I like to think that the beastman only has control over animals. Period. Like not not humanesque type animal warrior yeah, people. Yeah, like characters. No, so I, that's where I feel like, and people could argue that. I mean, that, that's what makes us makes us a very. It's good just a fun debate. debate. It's where no one's right, no one's wrong. It's just fun no. little hypotheticals. But no, when it would come to, I guess, a raw one on one fight. And we'd have one of the psychotics going against the other. If I'm putting in the head of what I have is Grizzlor in my mind, I could picture him being very, very ferocious. I see him in the comics and at least that card back in my mind. I see him more ferocious, ferocious, I'm sorry, and psychotic than Beastman. I almost see Beastman a little more methodical of thinking. But I feel like just Grizzlor is off the hook nuts. Like he would just be gone in those comics and other depictions, you know, compared well, yeah, to. I think you could bounce this back because if you had Beastman from the early early episodes of He Man versus Grizzlor, for the most part, Grizzlor would, you know, it could be argued that Grizzlor was not given the best stuff to work with even early on. Whereas Beastman, it was given a few moments of like the kind of guy that would stab Skeletor in the back, was successful in Prince Adam No More. Whereas, you know, Grizzlor, I think, I mean, they, they portrayed so many of the of the evil horsemen as, as just schmucks. You know, guys that, were, that you know, Hordak hits his button, sends him down, you know, to the, 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 the lake below, the fright zone. But, um, 
I will admit, though, if they had, like, the use of, you know, if Beastman had the use of his whip, I'd almost want to give an advantage to Beastman because he knows what he's doing with that whip. I could see some really fun, interesting fight, or fights and things that he could be doing with that whip to tangle up Grizzlow or throwing him off to the side, holding yeah, but, him at but, bay. But see, that's what we said. This is no weapons in this. Yeah. No, you're right. You said it was no weapons. But if doing that, then you have, like, NYP Grizzlow versus NYP Beastman. And, frankly, I think NYP Grizzlow would tear NYP Beastman a new one. Well, you know what's uh, did- NYP Beastman? He's big, but he's dumb. He's stupid. Whereas we were given very, very little of Grizzlor. But I mean, he just looks so imposing and intelligent, especially that Staxion face. It looks like this guy goes out hunting for people with all the variety. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you go NYP, because he had what, like a million weapons with that Staxion. <laughs> he's standing. I mean, he's he's. I mean, he's. It looks like he could be as tall as Leech, if not possibly taller. Whereas Leech is just a big powerhouse. What could have been looks like he's like, tall, intelligent? He I would have loved to know what they would have shown. You to hunt down man at arms, and he goes out only hunt with his knives. Because he seems like a hunter. You're right, especially when you have the faction. Yeah, like he seems like a hunter, and we never got to see what would he have been like in NYP. And that's a shame because that would have made you know the hypothetical battles even more you know I guess intense yeah. because we could have known what would he have been about. Because I, I, you're right, to have that many weapons, I don't think he would have had a pea brain. He would have been some. Well, plus, to, you know, since he is the 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 kind of in charge of, of Hordax jail cells, like he's kind of like the security guard of the fright zone. Probably handles a lot of torturing too, with all those knives and stuff like that. I'd imagine he probably uses that stuff to torture, you know, prisoners and things like that. You know, Modulok probably comes in to, to do like technological torturing, but Grizzle probably gets down to, I mean, straight raw torture. Real quick, in the cartoon, I can't remember now. As for a toy, I know that all the horde had their little crossbow gimmick. You know, like yeah. like I guess you assume I don't know one thing shoots out or is yeah, it a blaster have, that like, pull it back and latch it on there and it would just kind of jut forward once you kind of. Yeah, so I'm envisioning, like, if in the cartoon, I don't think he had his crossbow for filmation, like, what would it have been like? Would he had a blaster that would have been a crossbow, like with beams? Would it have shot out one thing? Because could it be something Beastman would avoid if it's just a one-shot? Or would it have been just like, you know, a laser blast? Doom, doom, doom. But hey, we've seen in the filmation cartoon, everybody avoiding laser blasts. So I just don't know what kind of weapon he could have had in filmation. Did, what did he ever have? Maybe a gun? Did he have something? No, not really. He's pretty much just kind of, you know, all paws. You know, he, um, as, as far as I can, I mean, like when you first see him, he's in charge of the, the, the jail cells at the Fright Zone. He's like monitoring them. And I think in just kind of beating on the, the console when, when He-Man, He-Man gets loose, but, or, or, or not, not He-Man, I think, on, on Beast Island. I think it's on Beast Island, maybe. So was he a glorified security guard? Is that, is that what he was? Was a glorified security guard, or... But in that, he's, he's watching security, and it's either when He-Man gets loose, when Cal breaks him out, or when Bo and the rest of the crew are going through B-Sign and get out. He's unsuccessful at, at, the, at the traps. I think when Bo, like, you know, is firing arrows at, like, the, the, the cannon, laser cannons keep getting out, he gets pissed off and starts pounding on the computer board or keyboard. But uh, he's not given a whole lot to do in that. But, um, I mean, that's how he's depicted, I think, in the toy line, is he is... He's in charge of Hordak's jail cell at the Fright Zone. So, like, with the toy, you know, he, he's in charge of getting the guys in there and making sure they don't leave. You're not going to get past Rizlor. And if you do, you get to face the Beast Monster kind of thing. So, it's – it's um, I, I, Grizzlor, to me, is just a guy of brute strength. You know? Yeah, and I guess you're right. I think that I agree. If it would just be a one-on-one battle, 
no weapons, no mind control. Yeah, I think Grizzlor, he, he, he takes it, especially when I look at his card back, the psychotic one that I love more than anything. I love that insane. Well, card back-wise, I think Beastman's is stronger than, than Grizzlor's because Grizzlor looks awfully, like, fluffy and, and furry and stuff like that. But he looks Beastman, not. Beastman looks he, like he's he's ready to, I mean, to take, I mean, and just lay in to He-Man and start. He I mean, does, but Grizzlor just looks out of his mind gone i you know you how i am i love crazy and he looks crazy he's fluffed out but he looks razor sharp nuts like i said but, i always come grizzler in, in the hordak mini comic that's a badass grizzler like he's, he's a big boy he's a big boy in that yeah. he is yeah yeah, yeah. He's a different look. so there's a million ways to look at this where you could actually have that th this to me is, is something that you really couldn't have just one winner you could have this come out different ways like i feel like People could argue that. Yeah, depending on canon situations, powers, weapons, you're right. It can always, like I said, there is no right and wrong. Just something fun. But, well, that was my one that I dropped on you. So, now you're going to have one for me. Uh, entering the ring first, uh, representing the Heroic Wars, is Extendar. Okay. And, and to follow him, the, the Dastardly Heel, a member of the Snake Men, is Squeeze. Oh, you would do. Oh, that was. I was hoping you wouldn't try to be clever and throw a squeeze because, in my mind, I love the power of Extender. I mean, not only can he get the height advantage, if you will, he's a big hulking guy. But remember, he's the tower of power. When he says that and when he does extend and gets, you know, twice as big in every aspect you can think of, he's one of the most powerful people on Eternia. I mean, obviously, he has the most powerful man, you know, but Extender is super strong. But then you would think, okay. Now you have Squeeze. Squeeze might be able to lock him up and take... Whoa, oh, shoot. You didn't see nothing. You didn't see nothing. You see my mouth. Okay. Did you guys see that big growth that was sticking out right there? I mean, it looked like it was ready to pop. Yeah, exactly. It was like, it's my jaw. It's like, oops. But um. so anyways, no. Squeeze could take advantage because you have somebody that has definitely the height advantage. And he could. And he has the strength advantage. But you have somebody that has arms that are like boa constrictors and i could envision squeeze going around his legs and then squeezing and boom pulling them and knocking them down and then he has the advantage to come on top of them and start choking them out that's a that's a strange one i mean i could see ones where maybe let's say if squeeze tried to eventually get extendar before he did his tower power thing like let's say he locked him up in when extendar didn't extend but then as he holds him he says i am the tower of power and then he extends then he's taking extendar with him then extendar might be up in the you know the air as a disadvantage and then extendar could be swinging him around by his crazy long arms and slamming him around and throwing him into rocks that's a fun little one right there too it's it's all hypotheticals but ah uh, Dang, I love them both. Those are two of my favorite vintage toys. I always left, and that's the thing, I have both of them in a pose. I have Extendar where he's extended out, and I have Squeeze where he's making an S. I always took his one arm one way and another way, so you see a big S as Squeeze's pose. I've left him like that since I was a kid on my shelf, and I've never unposed him. And now you're killing me, Tyler, because again, there's no right or wrong, but I'm thinking... Who would I really enjoy wanting to see win that? Because they both could. But I want to go with Extendar just because I might have played with him just a little bit more of always winning and being the one that was almost He-Man's right-hand man. That was, for me, He-Man's right-hand man back then was Extendar just because of his strength and things I envisioned him doing. 
you know, as he got bigger, he would have such a height advantage to be throwing people across cliffs. He'd have, you know, ways of getting to areas others couldn't. So for my fun way of saying it, I guess I'm just going to go with Extendar. Even though Squeeze, Squeeze could get some cool advantages with those. Oh, yeah, that's tricky. You know, extending parts could be at a disadvantage maybe at some point. But I'm going to go with Extendar. All right. See, for me, Squeeze is an anaconda. And an anacondas are an apex predator. Like, they have no enemies. Like, there's nothing that an anaconda cannot kill. If it's if it gets a hold of you, it's going to crush you, and it's not going to let go until either it kills you or you just give up. And the thing with Extendar is that, you know, what, what's interesting is that we don't know exactly how tall Extendar can go, and we don't know how wide a stretch Squeeze can go. Guess you have to assume that he's got this kind of standard arm. I mean, if you want to kind of, if you're going by just kind of the, the the dynamic of the characters portrayed in the '80s toy line, you know, they can only go but so high. Like the, you know, Extender definitely is a lot taller than the rest of the group. Where Squeeze can can wrap up three figures as depicted on this card art, mm -hmm. which shows you if he can hold three in three, one of those three is Extendar. He's got Rio Blast, Extendar, and Snout Spout in his grip. I mean, and that, to me, that says that, you know, not only is this guy, you know, he's an anaconda, but he's strong enough to, to withhold three heroic warriors, one of them the Tower of Power, one a guy consisting of nothing but weapons all over his body, and a firefighter with an axe. No, that's a heck with, of a way of doing it. With a metallic yeah, trunk. So, yeah, that is a way of depicting, definitely. It's just, you know how, you know, beyond just like you said with wrestling of like, you know, going with, you know, in a wrestling match, you know. See, now this guy could really put on the Anaconda vice, not John Cena. <laughs> oh, God, don't talk about it. But no, you know, like how they always have who is going to be that winner. Just when you think one wins, here comes another move, here comes another move. Almost like in a comic book with any of the Marvel movies, there's the fights and it keeps going and finally there's that deciding factor. And for me, I just can always envision maybe just for Extendar to win in his deciding factor, he would have to literally knock Squeeze out. I mean, unconscious. That's when I could envision, you know, if he would keep rapping and rapping and extend our wood, you know, like get taller or get stronger and finally get an advantage. And like I said, to swing him and just keep slamming and slamming. Like maybe that would be extend our finale. He loses it and he grabs squeezed by one of those arms and just bang, bang, bang into the ground until he starts crushing into the ground and there's rubble and gravel and just lays him out to where he is completely uncon unconscious and that's that's like my finale of it because you're right i mean otherwise if squeeze started squeezing and squeezing and squeezing you figure i mean well obviously Thinner's body is all metallic now or you know and, and and you know kind of cyborg like if squeeze starts crushing joint after joint like does not have to take him down at once but he gets his grit wrap, wrapped up and, and and breaks one of his elbows just from because he will not let go that's i mean he's an anaconda he's not going to let go and he's got two of them there. If he severs any of those joints, I mean, he is extendor's extension is, is pointless. I mean, it's it's dead. If he can't extend all of his body, he just start steadily start working around. Because and and the condoms will sit for a long period of time on onto their prey. And I'd imagine Squeeze, you know, would probably be doing the same thing if he wraps up extendor's legs, you know. To the point where he can't, he could extend his torso, which might be able to fight and try and pull him off. It's gonna be really, really hard 
to break that 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 grip. I just know that's what I meant when you brought this up. That was just it was a good thought because I, I again I was immediately thinking when you said it about of obviously the grip of squeeze, but I just want to envision like I said for my fight, you know, of like who I think would win. I just want to give it to Extendar because I figure if anybody besides He Man could break the grip. I just would envision it being Extendar if he would call upon his power. And well, he got I'm, not, I'm not saying I mean, this is. I mean, in, in my personal opinion, I pick Squeeze, but not because because I, I picked Extendar simply because he would be extremely hard because he's not human anymore. He, he and he's he also is, one of the strongest people. He's besides He Man, yeah, he's, he, the he's up there with Fisto and Clamp Chant to me. As as some of the the the, the heaviest hitter hitters like physically, uh, especially going from the mini comic of his his origin, they they mention of how powerful this man is. That's why he's one of the strongest warriors of the heroic warriors. That's why I would, like I said, for me, I figure he's the only one that could maybe give a fight to squeeze where he could break the anaconda vice, if you will. If anybody could do it, oh, and he probably could, but I. I... I just kind of feel like Squeeze is such an overly powerful character. I mean, you know, and I'm, I, and I'm looking strictly from a from a vintage license, not not NYP, where his hands turn into mouths themselves and latch onto you on top of detangling you up already. Yeah. If you're yeah. gonna go that route, then it's it's like KO with, with Extendar. Like extend, it, he'll go the distance with Squeeze, but I mean, Squeeze gets those extra mouths locked on there and wraps you up. Here you go. You know what would have happened? Here we go. Let's play the the filmation game. If Extendar and Squeeze were ever in the cartoon and they fought, Extendar would have grabbed Squeeze's arms and tied him in a knot and threw him off the side. You can picture something stupid like that, can't you? I can just envision that in the filmation cartoon. How they always made Mantena's eyes cross and not. Yeah, they probably, they would they would use that gimmick over and over and over again. Or Snake Face, they grab a hold of the snakes and they tie them up in a big knot or something like that too. So yeah. Squeeze, Squeeze would be the victim of a lot of filmation jokes where he gets his limbs tangled up in a tree or wrapped around a tree or wrapped up in himself or wrapped around the other snake warriors or something like that. But nonsense. A lot from, of nonsense. From a one-on-one -on -one standpoint, I mean, I and I hate snakes. I hate them with a passion. But I, I, I look at the anaconda as, like, really, really hard hard to beat. And... um it could if someone if others pick Extendar to win that fight, I'm like I wouldn't argue because Extendar is a severe badass. But I'm I'm picking Squeeze based on on his stamina and and just the what he can do, like how wide a stretch and grip he he can actually have to be able to be able to hug three people and lock lock together. I mean that's for, that's got to be a severe struggle for one guy, let alone three. Yeah, those are some long arms. But I'll still. For me, I'm going to go with Extendar, and I like it, like you said, that we put each other on the spot. We didn't know what each was doing. We're going to continue doing these, like I said, whether it's every other week or something like that. We'll still do more. And real quick, what was it? Um, in the chat room, JSP said we should mention Fisto versus Jitsu. Well, I'll tell you what. Maybe if you want, if you tune in next week, we'll do Fisto and Jitsu. We'll put them in yeah, a fight. Fisto Jitsu next week, and, yeah. um, and uh, we'll just throw that out there. If people like this. Throw throw us a fight that you want us to want us to uh, you know de de debate over you know whether it's or an ex Skeletor or something like that. But we we really wanted to kind of focus on on the the warriors themselves, not necessarily like the 
the flagship characters like He-Man, Skeletor, and Hordak King is because we all know those are the ultimate ass kickers. We wanted to keep the focus, you know, really like on Spike or Blade and Buzz Off and, and Clawful and Mechanek and things like that. Not to say we couldn't do that, but I always have so much fun talking about the 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 the, the variety of characters that make up all these factions and not necessarily because we know He-Man is going to beat everybody in the end. That's just, that's just <laughs> right. Be, and as for the Evil Warriors, you know, it, that could be tossed around all over the place where the King Hester and Skeletor team up to defeat Hordak or Skeletor and King Hester are too busy fighting each other, trying to backstab, and Hordak takes advantage of it, takes out both of them. Hypotheticals are always fun, but yeah, we'll yeah, do it. Just, this, just for fun. So, yeah, Jitsu and Fisto will keep that in mind for next week. And Definitely. If you like this, just send us messages on, on, you know, through Facebook or Messenger or on the YouTube yeah. feed or whatever and let us know who you want to see us uh, – Throw in the ring. Any mystery battles you want, you go ahead. You let us know. We'll do that. So, well, now speaking of that, we're done with that. But this is leading into something good, too. I put uh, on my Facebook page the other day, I said, if they were ever to make a Masters of the Universe video game, and you had the choice of fighting game or a role-playing game, which would you choose? Now, on my wall, there had to be... I don't know, 160, 70. I couldn't remember. There was a lot of replies. The majority said role-playing game, and which don't get me wrong. I'd love a role-playing too, because as for role-playing, you could have turn-based role-playing. You could have online role-playing, you know, just one single adventure role-playing. There's a lot of things could adventures too. But then when you come to fighting, not only would you have one-on-one stuff like, let's say, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Virtual Fighter, Tekken. You could also have side-scrolling beat-em-up fighters like Streets of Rage, Final Fight, and uh, I don't know. I mean... Uh, Turtles in Time, all the Ninja Turtle games. Yeah, because those, I mean, those same things. Just like, you know, that's how the, you know, almost like Final Fights and the Streets of Rages, they did the same thing. When it comes to a fighting game, man, I, I don't get me wrong, I love role-playing games. Love those too. But I think if I had a preference, it's funny, we're speaking of fighting... I think I would like a fighting more because, it, I, I mean, I would love first, I'd, I'd love the side-scrolling, uh, you know, beat-em-ups because, I mean, I don't know if you guys ever played Streets Rage 2 on the Sega Genesis. I mean, that game was just insanely nuts. But, like, when you're speaking of Turtles in Time and all those others, just picture, like, you know, at the end of each level, you know, like you said, you could have Trek Y'all, that would be one of the main bosses, and, of course, Merman, if there's a water level, Beast Man, you know, of course, at the end of the game, of course, the main big baddie would be Skeletor. But, you know, what if you had people join you? You know, just like how in the other games, you could have, you know, multiple people join you in the side-scrolling. You know, you could have, of course, there's going to be He-Man. Then Tila can join in Ram-Man. And you could have a big assortment of people and special moves and little power-ups that you pick along the way. That'd be nuts. I mean, a one-on-one fighting game. I mean, who wouldn't love that, too? But I'm a sucker for those side-scrolling beat-em-ups. I don't know about you, but I just, I'm a sucker for those things. That's my favorite game is, is are, are those beat-em-ups. I mean, from, from Final Fight 1, 2, and 3... Uh, Peacekeepers, Turtles, uh, the arcade game, Turtles in Time. X-Men, Spider-Man. The, the X-Men and Spider-Man game, which I, I just get, you know, hard nipples every time I play those games, man. It's, it's, awesome. they, it's oh my gosh, this, those are just, I mean, at, the Captain America and, and, and the Avengers arcade game. All these little side-scroll beat-em-ups. Because I, it's, and Final Fight is, is probably the best example. Well, the same thing with X-Men and Spider-Man. You, you know, you get four characters to choose from. Obviously, He-Man, and then you get, like, Fisto, Buzz Off, Tila, or Mechanic, or, uh, I mean, Cyclone. 
it, it would just be so much fun to be able to pick between four characters and you, you start off, you know, it's probably like in the Mystic Woods. You know, you have like a, this cool little prologue that Skeletor's taking over Castle Grace. You got to work your way all around Eternia. You got to fight through various semi stages before you get to the end boss. And, and it's Beast Man. He bursts out like, like the, um, that kind of a blonde haired dreadlock guy at the, at the first level of a final fight where he's like, ha 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 ha. Mm-hmm. He bursts out of the door, and he's, like, a lot bigger than everybody else. Yeah, and, they're like... and having all these, like, you know, uh, cannon fodder guys running around, like, various evil warriors, like, little thugs here, and slightly bigger thugs, and really big thugs, and being able to run around and, and use power-up moves with, you know, He-Man, you know, using, you know comes out and uses a power sword and, and powers up. Cyclone can spin around and smack people around. Fisto just so, does, like, a special pound them in the ground. I mean, you could do all kinds of great stuff. Just looking at, at the special moves they did in Final Fight, Peacekeepers, Fighting Force, the the like X-Men uh, arcade game where they have those, those special mutant powers from Snycore runs all over the screen, Colossus blows, I mean, you know, unleashes. To do that with the He-Man characters, who the hell would not want that? I, I just That would like, be bananas. So yeah, because I know that those... Wasn't there independent? There was an independent game that somebody made to where they almost tried to do a side scroll and beating them up. I, I somebody, I always thought it was just some sort of like fun fan project where they kind of set up a side scroll. It was. Like, it was fun. It was fun. Don't get me wrong, but I would love a serious one because you know, yeah, like no, I, I want this, and I, I always like those those old Capcom graphics, you know, or, or Konami because they they made some of the best ones where you you're just moving from the left to the right. Fighting just hordes and hordes. Konami and when the sequel Konami. comes along, you got to go to Ethereum, and you can introduce, you know, Shira and a few other, like Natas and stuff like that. And I mean, go imagine fighting all various types of horde troopers. At the end of each level, you fight Leech, you fight Dylamog, you fight Mantana, and then you get to the Fright Zone. You have to fight them all over again. Then you get to Hordak's throne room, and then he, you know, he comes down, and he starts changing his arm. To they can keep making them over and over. I mean, they would just, like I said, be instant sellers, because, I mean, like you said, when you have Konami, Capcom, Sega, I mean, they were just, for me, the three main people that made some of the best side-scrolling beat-em-ups ever. I mean, because, you know, like on a one-on-one fighting, you know, you could picture more intense moves, like if they just had a one-on-one fighter, like, let's say at the end of one of the special moves, because I said this to you the one time, and I think you got a kick out of it, and you kind of round the same page as me picture he man you know how like at the beginning intro or any other times he does that walking up to the screen and pulls back and punches you could picture his final move like he's walking up on beast man sideways but then the camera rotates like this you see the back of beast man and you see he man punch and knocks him like right into the screen or stuff i think stuff like yeah that. yeah we, that's what we want to see we want to see like if he man or fisto or clanch or cyclone you do a certain like you know uh I mean, because in Turtles, like, you had to get real close to him, and it was almost like if you tapped it a certain way, you were guaranteed to throw the foot soldiers at the screen. Yeah, yeah. just flying at you. I mean, it would be awesome to see, you know, <laughs> with, like, the, the, the cannon fodder. Like, he takes one of the Skeletoids or Skelcons, one, two, three, and then hurls back and hits them so hard they go flying right at the screen. Uh-huh. I mean, it would just be a fun little nod that all anybody that you pick it had the ability to. I mean, from Tila, Man at Arms. Oh, it's true. Even picture this. It gets a certain point, you can unlock other heroic warriors to join in, which would be fun because 
yeah, that like I said, it jazzes up. And not only that, you know how the all the other fighting games, you you know, you're bursting open this to find whether it's jewels or food or something, or like a Maybe, big piece of like you know chicken or or some sort yeah, of yeah, the chicken, like how Beastman yeah. has that big turkey leg, you know, when he's yeah. eating that. But picture this: maybe along the way, instead of like smashing things, maybe Orko would come flying out and use his magic and make things appear in front of you to where you could get that for a limited time. It would kind of be a way of implementing. Well, see, I could Orko, Orko doing something like that was in like one of the skills challenges or Orko presents you something, and you got to sit there and beat the hell out of it, and knock it out, or he presents you yeah. like these treasure chests. He, he he mixes them around, flops them all over the place. You pick the right one. You get an extra life. You pick the wrong one, uh, he just laughs at you. Or egg falls in your face or something like that. You know, it, just one of those little games that they had, like like in Street Fighter or in Final Fight, after so many levels, you, you get to beat up a car. I remember the beating the car. Partner. You see, whoever beats the car up the most. Oh, yeah. And even like Golden Axe. I don't know if you remember playing Golden Axe. Yeah, yeah, yeah Golden Axe was a great one. Yeah, you remember that those little like little gnomes that would go across and you'd have to kick yep. them and things would pop up and you could almost picture some little gimmick game with Orca doing something like that too. Yeah, I forgot about Golden Axe. Shoot, that was a way of, you know, I always thought of He-Man when I played that. Sure, it wasn't He-Man, but it was fantasy, adventure. And see, and see you saying a Golden Axe, I would love to see this because we don't want to over, I mean, I almost feel like it would be cool to see He-Man is using. I'm Battle Cat. Well, no, it punches at first, and then you, you crack open certain things, you have the battle axe for a little while. You crack open certain things, you get the power sword back. You crack open, you get the flying fist. Like, you wouldn't have them for so long. Limited time things. You're given a yeah. weapon to throw and fight with, like in the final fight games. And I just think it would be so yeah. cool to be able to, you know, you get, oh, I got the battle axe right now. I can, I can slash and slash and slash. You know, but you, no, I, it would be cool. That's yeah. what I mean. And even at limited times, just like in Golden Axe, when like somebody would come along with a dragon or you got on a dragon, maybe there could be limited time on levels for whatever yeah. reason. Battle Cat appears and you get on him and he's, and he's attacking and pawing and slashing. But if he gets hit, uh, you know, three times, maybe he goes away. Or just maybe he's just there is a limited time bonus thing for maybe or, or 20 if, like in Tools in Time, there's a certain piece you pick up that's like a, a bomb. Like a, I think it's a bomb pizza, but when you hit it, you start spinning around and yell "pizza power," and you're knocking out foothold all over the place. Like you pick up a certain <laughs> item, Battle Cat leaps in and starts mauling any any for like, a limited time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tearing them all. I mean, there's there's it's, the possibilities are un, un, unlimitless with the <laughs> side scroll being and, and with He-Man characters, with the Snake Man fighting hordes of like snake warriors before you get to each individual snake warrior to fight King Hiss. You fight him in human form first, and then you think he's dead. Then he pops back up and bursts the snakes, and then you got to fight him all over. And that's why it would be good to have, like you said, if it would be hot, because who wouldn't love this stuff? I mean, no matter how you would release this, or I mean, release the game, people would love it. But what's good about it is, don't put it all into one game. Like you said, the first game maybe all revolves around Skeletor and his warriors. The second one maybe would be more of the Horde and their warriors than the, you know, the Snake Men in the third. And then maybe a fourth would have like a big mishmash of all of them or even other ones. Yeah, like, I mean, you want to make like the fourth one, like they, they're all teaming up now. Now you're going to be fighting Beastman and Grizzler at the same time, like how you fought Toka and Rez on Turtles in Time. You know, you got tag teams like Bebop and Rockstay, so now you have to fight, you know, Merman and Mantana at the same time. Could you imagine playing this with your friends online, hooking up with your friends and you play online and I'm going to be He-Man, you know, you're going to be Extender, whoever's going to be this. I mean, maybe they'd even flip the script around and one time you'd be the evil warriors that go in against the good guys. It would just be See, I, see I, I like that because I was thinking about this the other day of like how Star Wars Battlefront, you could play either the Empire or the Rebels. And it would be so cool to flip it around. 
And now you're yeah. playing as a particular evil warrior like Triclops, going through and fighting royal guards. And that you're gonna, you know, you're gonna work your way up to getting Castle Grayskull and, and defeating He-Man inside the throne room of Grayskull. And the Sorceress falls to you, and you've won the evil, you know, the forces of evil have won. Skeletal triumphs and make sure cool that be a nice little yeah. ending where the evil, evil prevails. I mean, you know, things happen. It's it's just a fun little different, you know, way. To but, but it's like Star Wars Battlefront. Like you know, it's 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 fun to play as the Empire and try to take out the rebels. Like flip it around. Who wouldn't want to play? You know, it's one of the hordesmen it's playing as, as um, Mosquito running around one, two, three, and then you drain the guy, you know, and, and leech one, two, and then slap your, your, your hands on him and drain the guy and he falls down. I mean, it's just like I did with Final Fight. One, two, three, and then you, you pick him up. And you, I mean, you backhand them or pile drive them or spin kick them. Yeah, and it, you know what? Hey, there's even some games. There were some, like, uh, side-scrolling games they had to where they gave you fun little different options, like – Besides doing the side scroll and beat them up, you know, obviously adventure type thing, you know, where you have a mission, they also had the extra option of where you could just do one on one. So using that same game engine, you could just isolate and freeze one you know, certain type of level and then put these people that you've, you know, been using in the game or fighting against in the game and you can have the option. So you could have a two for one. You could have the side scroll and beat them up along with a one on one fighting game. Maybe they could even tag team it up. But they've done that with other side scrolling fighting games before where they give you a two for one. That would like I'm just trying to envision replay values of things. And if they ever awesome. like, like with the Tekken games, they'd have the, the, the typical tournament mode where you're fighting one on one, but then have Tekken Force mode where you are going through a gauntlet of like various, you know, troops get to a boss, fight him, move yeah. on to the next level. So yeah, they've done stuff like this before, so that would be so fun. Yeah, I would just so love it. to do that. You know, especially fighting against people that are in the chat room, you know, knocking out JSP, you know, like I'm going to sit there and be Ram Man, and he's going to be Merman. I'm going to take him out or taking out Eric Amen or any of the other people, and then you just knocking everybody out that you want that we know. How fun would that be? Yeah, and being able to slam them into, you know, various things and – I mean, or, or um, like you, you – you go into Snake Mountain, and then you you end up kind of going to the edge of Snake Mountain, and, or kind of like a double dragon or a battle toad. If you timed it just right, you got like one of the uh, bad guys towards the edge, one, two, three, and then pop, they go flying over the edge. Like it would be cool to be fighting in Snake Mountain, and you send someone flying over the edge down into the blood falls or out of the mouth of Snake. Right Mountain. out of the mouth of lava, yeah, boom, right down. Yeah, yeah. or in a castle Grayskull, you're fighting on on top of Grayskull. And you're 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 fighting and knocking people over. I mean, it just it's people always get a game over being able to knock people off off the edge of something when you're fighting in these games. And you have to be able to do that. that bottomless pit or the abyss by Castle Grayskull is knocking them down. Yeah, it, yeah. When you're entering the final stage, you have to go over the jawbridge first. You knock people a certain way, they go falling off the jawbridge into the abyss. You know. Oh, it, how fun would it be to fight in the house of Shikoti <laughs> and fighting against Shikoti too? Oh God, how crazy! Oh boy, that, that, that girl would just drive you nuts with all the darkness. Big rats coming to fight whatever beast first before you get to her and then when you think it's her she fades away and lord mass shows up then you gotta fight lord mass well could you picture she's sending like those big rats she's sending her big rats at you darklings at you all sorts of illusion like even when you fight for one there's nothing there that could be a whole game itself is that that shikoti is the is the villain of a game consisting of all one-shot villains like it's the same thing, but you're fighting Batros and the game master. Yep, and Batros and all them. That would be Icer. All, all these guys that showed up once, leading all the way to Shakodian Mask in the in the in the House of Darkness. I mean, to fight Negator in his maze, fighting all kinds of variety of things before you get to him. 
and you got to take out his nerves, yeah. you know, while, while he's fighting. You take out the nerves, he can't power up anymore. And you get sitting there smacking him around. You know what's even cooler with Shikotis, because I can't get this out of my head, is like even certain levels when you're going after something or getting something, it's an illusion and you fall in a hole and you lose half of your life yeah. or something. It's like, that would be kind of nuts. Yeah, you got to wait for because there's always like a pattern. You kind of wait for something to fall to see if it's actually. Or flicker. Like, yeah, maybe there would be some kind of little thing to where there would be a little flicker and you can know that's the illusion at one little second. You yeah. got to watch. Man, it's just like I said, the possibilities are endless, but tons, tons and tons of stuff. I mean, they they, they get some 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 uh, game programmers who, you know, really know their stuff about He-Man and use stuff from the He-Man cartoon, the She-Ra cartoon. I mean, it, and you can make it just a you, you could pick. I mean, for She-Ra, I mean, you could incorporate nothing but the Great Rebellion characters. You can incorporate the He-Man characters tag teaming with the Great Rebellion characters. You know, because it would be cool to be. You got Bo and Bozov fighting together, simply because you can do that. Yeah. Going through various parts of Etheria and taking out various horde troopers. Oh, it'll be really cool. Is at one point you get the General Sunder. If you beat him, he becomes a playable character. You unlock him because once you beat him, he, he joins forces with the with the Great Rebellion. That would yeah. be a great thing too. Like one of these guys you beat. Oh, now you can play as him. I remember Peacekeepers did that. Certain players or certain bosses you fought, if you beat them, yep. they became playable characters and joined you in your fight. True. I, I mean, there's so much stuff that they could do. A He-Man side score beat them up. That that's that needs to be the hot Christmas item amongst gamers. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, that's why I, I mean people sign up Black Friday because they want He-Man, Champions of Eternity, a side scroll beat them up. Yeah, because don't get me wrong. Again, I mean that's the only reason we're bringing it up is I, I know that the majority of people said role playing game, and I love role playing games. But I figured that you know whether I don't know if it'd be turn based or however you do it, I just think that once you're done accomplishing all your missions, kind of the appeal goes away. But it's like with fighting, that appeal almost it never goes away. You always want to know yourself. Times I've played X Men, Spider Man, Final Fight, Turtles in Time. Battletoads, all that stuff. I never get tired of it. Like it, it's still just so much fun to go through and just beat the hell out of, you know, random thugs. Then you get to a boss of that level and you, you try to. Work. I mean, it's just. So I, much still fun. I, I, I still play. I still play those games. You're right. I still play them. I still play the Streets of Rage, the final <laughs> fights. You know, final fights. I, I still enjoy those after all these years because they're just it's fun. And plus, like I said, when you get it to where if you could play online, you then have replay value where you just, you are always going to challenge your buddies or strangers. You always love competition. That's what makes some of those games. So yeah, fun. And, to, and to make it a point to where you have unlockable heroic warriors that you can play as and vice versa. Whereas, you know, you, you're playing as evil warriors. You want to get to a certain point, you can unlock blade and Sauron. I mean, <coughs> excuse me. I mean, it'd be cool to have, you know, Gwildor as like some sort of like accessory that if you, you find Gwildor, you can advance to the end of the stage using the cosmic key or something like that. But only if Oh you my find god. And then picture the if game. you go into picture if you go into the past and you go play in pre tourney at times. That would be so oh that, god. that would be awesome. Then you gotta fight, you know, you get, battles. Get, you know fighting dinosaurs and stuff like like a T Rex with oh. King is sitting on top of him at the end of that. I, I think we got to stop. We would be here all day. This would never end. And then if you go MYP's way, you get your favorite character. You can finally play as King Grayskull. Uh, there went all the fizz. Just Yeah, it, it pretty much died out like a small rat right now. It's like I a, a rocket that went nowhere. I had to save that for you just for fun. But Well, man, that was a, that was a great, uh, like I said, discussion on that because that was fun. It's something that, God, you could only wish and pray could happen someday. 
that would be a yeah, blessing. Yeah, I, I it... feel like they. I don't. I don't know. I'm not a gamer anymore. I, I only like to play the vintage stuff when I have an opportunity to. But it just seems like everybody's the the big popular thing is playing RPG games, whether it's you know military style based games or stuff like that. That that seems to be the big thing. Where it's size for beat 'em ups, I think people of our generation, you know, a few years younger, definitely a few years older, they all of them are very familiar with. Turtles and X Men and the Spider Man game and Battletoads and yeah. Sunset Riders and you know all, all these beat 'em up games. I mean they're they, they're beloved games. I mean if you mention them to gamers, they all have nothing but positive things to say about Final Fight, Streets of Rage. No, nobody has a bad thing, but they don't make those games anymore, and I don't know why. Like, I, I, I I guess I don't know if they, they just don't test the market for it or what, but I feel like if, if anybody decides to tackle He Man again, we need a, a, a side scroll beat him up. And keep it cartoony else. type two D. You don't have to do all this three D type. No, 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 no. I flat like a flat like you know just a like you know, final fight or turtles where it's it's it, I it mean you can make good. it in depth as you want. Right. But I don't want them the screen flipping around. I mean, well, it looks cool in Tekken Force mode, so I can't sit there and say that it's a bad thing because it does look good. I would just enjoy the cartoony-type graphics. They can have lush, beautiful backgrounds and everything and still... Well, like Capcom. Like, Capcom always had all these great details in their background. Yeah. And then Capcom's the yeah. one that, you know, that did the, the Final Fight game, so... Yeah, they could do it like that, and it still look great. <clears throat> well, uh, all right, man. Yes. Well, well, we wrapped that up. That was really fun. So, um, you know, I appreciate everybody that was in the chat room, everything you guys had to say. But before we wrap it up, Tyler, do you have any uh, recommendations, anything else going on that you want to say before we wrap the show up? Um, I, I, probably just a recommendation. I don't think I've really got anything else at the top of my head here. Okay. Um, but um, an episode that uh, maybe we'll cover, I'm, I'm sure we will at some point, um, either in a discussion or do a commentary, is uh, Tale of Two Cities. Another episode that goes heavily, heavily overlooked. And, uh, I mean, I definitely disregarded it like the redheaded stepchild as a kid because I just felt like this is a episode that doesn't have Skeletor as the villain and it, it has some just kind of random made-up characters and that doesn't, you know, engross me when I see all these cool-looking toys. Why aren't they in the cartoon? But... To go back and watch this one as an adult, I appreciate it a hell of a lot more. Plus, it's, it has the same scenario as Slave City. But instead of a Native American Garn, we have an African American Garn. Mm -hmm. An evil queen, Belina, uh, who is a, a, an African uh, or a black woman. And it was just It's just cool to see, not for pandering purposes, but it's just cool to see a variety of different races on Eternia. Oh, know? yes, it, definitely. It's, it's, it's just cool. Like, they don't. They don't present it like He-Man's coming in. Oh, look, there's black people. I've never seen black people before. No, it's just like, it's just as normal. But they're on a different part of Eternia, mm -hmm. and they're close to another kingdom. So it's not like a place that's inhabited strictly by black people. It's just this is a kingdom with you know, a black a black woman queen and a great warrior named Garn who's in prisons, just like how Garn is in Slave City. But instead of you know Lodar, you have Belina, and she has a thing for He-Man when she sees how strong he is. <laughs> right. And uh, it's the same story, pretty much. You know, if you if you look at Slave City and you watch Taylor Two Cities, you'll you'll see they're virtually the same story. Definitely. Uh, but it's it's a heavily overlooked episode. Nobody ever talks about Taylor Two Cities. Nobody does. So I, I think that one that one's due um, time in the spotlight, and it'll be interesting to do a commentary or an episode episode discussion on that one at some point. Just uh, 
because it, it it fleshes out the world of eternity and take and it's it's interesting because they make a point to say that people in this region of Eternia think He Man's a legend mm-hmm. that they never they're so far removed from everything that happens on the other side with which kind of makes you feel like just how far away is Snake Mountain Castle Grace from the Royal Palace away from this particular area because they yeah. just know him by name they don't know well, him now that you recommended it fans can go ahead and watch it if they haven't watched it in years or never watched yeah, it before and then. Uh, not sure if it's on YouTube or not, but you know, if you have the DVDs, you know, don't overlook that episode. Give it a shot. It's it's you know, it's it's a very very well done episode, and uh, it's interesting to see He Man get knocked on his butt by just a strong guy, and not necessarily someone who's superpowered, just a really strong, you know, black guy. Huh? And, all right. Um, well, save some of the goodness for for the fans in case they ever see it. All right, all right. Yeah, I'm talking too much. I'm, yeah. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying too hard to sell this episode. You sold it plenty. Trust me. They want to see it. So, all right. Well, appreciate that. That's a good recommendation. Uh, and as for Dirt, uh, the reason we don't have any takeaways, he wasn't able to join us for this episode, in case you're wondering where he's at. But uh, don't worry. He'll be back next week. So, no takeaways from Dirt this week. So, this, well, because he's not I imagine he probably would have come up with um, quite a few jams. Or who knows? Yeah. Maybe to us the whole time, we just don't even know it. Yeah, you never know. Maybe he'll do takeaways when he posts something. But, all right. Well, as for me, I'm just going to let you guys know where to go. You can go to fansofpower.com. Go to popculturenetwork.com. Go to hemanworld.com. And on Facebook, go to Masters of the Universe, He-Man and She-Ra Ultimate Fan Group. All great places, all great people. So, until next time, have a powerful day. Run express elevator to hell. Going down. Is that one of the Bill and Ted movies? No. What is that? I don't know. See, you sell me three weeks in a row. It's it's Bill Paxton from Aliens. Oh, God. All right. I, I lost that. All right. So, is that one of the Bill and Ted movies? I'm a moron. So well, I'm going to have to manually knock us off. So talk to you guys and see you next time. All right.